And once again, it's Tuesday at 8. You know what that means. It's time for another edition of the MCW Cast. I'm Legacy, MCW announcer, Larry Legend. I'm Dan McDevitt. And I'm Tara. Welcome. Yes, welcome once again. Episode, week, yeah. Yeah, episode 6, we're in the mix. We're almost to double digits. Not, and not only that, breaking news available now on Spotify. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, Apple and, and Google Play in the next week or so, but right now, um, you can listen to us on Spotify. And we want to thank you all for listening and also thank last week's guest. Episode 5, we had a 2019 Shane Shamrock Memorial Cup winner, Mr. Excellent Brandon Scott. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. talked about this last week about how he's been a fan favorite for so many years. And we got a lot of great engagement uh, while the podcast was airing and then during the replays. A lot of fans were really happy that we brought Brandon Scott in here and um, they've missed him. Yeah. You know? Including well, Old Wayne. I saw, <laughs> yes, I saw Wayne. Yeah. I saw Pops. Right on. Yep, yeah, yeah. Wayne Scott on the chat was chatting with him. He yeah. seemed to really like it. Yeah. Wish he could have been up here for it. It would have been nice to see Mr. Scott. That's yeah, right. well, I'll tell you this much. It's been like a trip down memory lane. Every guest, when we sort of reminisce about their origins, the first time that we saw them, and, and uh, you know, it just kind of whets our appetite for when eventually we will be able to have the fans back in the MCW arena and create so many more great memories and future guests to come. Absolutely. That's right. So uh, if you want to interact with us with any of our guests, past, present, or future, uh, you can remember to use hashtag AskMCWCast on social media, and we'll see your questions and we'll respond to them. Uh, One of the comments that came um, up after last week, we were talking to Brandon Scott about who he'd like to see in future Shane Shamrock Cups, but one of our fans, Lou, uh, agreed that he, too, would love to see a Shane Shamrock Cup with past winners. And he let us know that through Ask MCW Cast. So thank you for that, Lou. We think that's a great idea, and uh, there were other people who agreed with you. So thank well, you. yeah, there's enough uh, There's enough Shane Shamrock Cups in the rearview mirror to make that happen, even with um, a couple of the past winners being unavailable um, contractually. So that's Adam <laughs> Cole and all, but there's, you look at the trophy, there's still enough guys to probably make that Sure. It's a possibility. Yeah. And that's the way that it can happen very organically. Just yeah. ask MCW Cast. I want to call one out. This one is from a few weeks ago at the very beginning of February. And I'm going to shoot this one right to you, Dan, as the promoter of MCW Pro. Boom Shakalaka asked MCW Cast after the pandemic is over, will we see Mantar in MCW? No one would be more happy about that than me. <laughs> You know, I freaking loved Mantar. I thought that was a great gimmick. Obviously, no one else did. Well, you know what? He, he, well, he two people did apparently. Well, it's funny, you know. First of all, yeah, whoever Boom Shakalaka is on Twitter. Yeah, thank you, Boom Shakalaka. I thought it was a great gimmick. Yeah, I'll tell you this much: Mantar does make his rounds on the indies because does he really? Oh yeah, because you know he brings the big the head out, man? the big you know, and the the brown gimmick. Somebody get me a contact. That guy's booked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that's how it happens. If you want to see an MCW Shane Shamrock Memorial Cup, I'll be the first guy in line for a photo op with Mantar with the head on. Night of Legends. <laughs> yeah, Night of Legends. Right, you know, he'd be perfect for that. Yeah, I mean, one thing that we always say, never say never in wrestling. So if there's somebody that you'd like to see, 
you know, give us a shout out and ask MCW Cast and we'll see what we can do. You know, you never know. And also follow at MCWCast 2021. We are up to about 58 followers. I know there's more of you watching the cast every <laughs> Tuesday night. So and not just ask MCWCast using the hashtag, but follow at MCWCast 2021. Interact with us. One of the most interactive podcasts out there today. And you know what? You bring up a good point because as, um, as we start to get more distribution channels, um, such as Spotify, mm -hmm. Um, Google Play and Apple, we're working on, we got all the applications in. And, um, one thing that you can help us, even if you prefer to digest this content by YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch, but you have the Spotify app, go on the Spotify app and follow us. Mm. Um, yeah. Because that's how you're judged in the podcast world. Um, the more people following us on Spotify um, or Apple or Google, once we get to that, um, it helps us in the way we rank. You know, in the podcast world, so they you, just something that small. Just go onto Spotify and follow it, Fo MCW Cast, and follow us helps us out. That's right. And as we grow, like you said, on more and more outlets, we want to shout out our early ad adopters, the ones that were there at the beginning, from episode one, mm -hmm. following us, showing us support, and that kind of gets you a little clout in the in the podcasting world. When we know Doctor D and Greg Papa Lucas have been here from day one, just yeah. like out there in the crowd. So join us, Mo and Lisa. That's right. All all of our our supporters, the MCW faithful. Um, jump on that social media, one of the most organic ways to interact with us, and we love talking to you. Yeah, I was just going to say that. We really do. It, and since we can't see you live and in person, being able to interact with you on social media is fantastic, and we're feeling the love, and we really appreciate that. And speaking of feeling the love, I just want to give a thank you to everybody who's bought a Bruiser Buddy in the last couple of weeks. Oh, heck yeah. Um, they are selling fast, so if you haven't gotten one, please do. Um, they are right, right up there is the information, so you can order one yourself. Um, and I will get them out in the mail. And uh, my kids have been putting little letters in each envelope. Um, so I was going to ask also, you about that. I, yeah. I saw my time. My timeline was like flooded with Bruiser Buddies, um, and a lot of people. I saw that is uh, your your yeah, kids, the are kids putting notes to in. Put notes in, yeah. And you know what? I've been showing them all the pictures, and I, neither one of them are really active on social media or anything. And I've been showing them the pictures, and they love when people are taking pictures of their Bruiser Buddy, like posed in different places with a belt around them or maybe up on a shelf or just doing everyday things i thought that was really cute so i'll challenge you if you've bought a bruiser buddy or you're going to buy one when you get it you know give us a, a cool picture let your bruiser buddy get out there and experience life i'd like to see it so. hey i got another challenge because not the, only... the bruiser buddy's the new gnome <laughs> yeah right spot him can you find the bruiser buddy yeah i love it i got another challenge out there our, our episode That's one great. guest uh, leo rush he released some buddies as well he and sure i just did. saw him put out an advertisement that he only has five left of one wow. of the variants. How about pose your bruiser buddy with his number one student, the Leo yeah. Rush buddy. You can have both of them there side by side. We'd love to see that. Please, someone make a video of them wrestling. Get yeah. Them, get one of the little toy rings. Get them wrestling. You can replicate the last match, you know? Right. You can you can have fun with your Leo Rush buddy and your bruiser buddy, but get them right now while you can Absolutely. because they're going fast. Oh, they sure are. And you know what? They're so well made. I cannot thank the guys at Slam Buddies enough. They're high quality products and they are getting a ton of orders from people all over the place. So if you ha are looking to get one, I would encourage you to do so very soon. That's right. It is getting harder to get them. So thank you to everyone. 
Shout out to everyone to support the legacy of the Bruiser, why we're here gathered for the MCW cast every Tuesday, and shout out to everyone who bought us a cup of coffee. That's right. Um, <laughs> we've got some new coffee club members. Um, RJ2, he's one of our security right members on. here. Okay. Say thank you to him and his family. I like the sound of that. Um, <laughs> yep. And uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned them last week or not, but Mo and Lisa and Rich Barnett are new uh, coffee club members too. So thank you for that, and uh, stay tuned, and you'll get to find out what all your perks are coming up, okay? All right, and after the break... Uh... The champs are here. The champs are in the building? The champs are here. They are. Wow. Well, I can't wait to interview our guest right two here on thirds, the cast. Two-thirds of the brand new Ring of Honor six-man tag team champions. That's right. Our very own Soldiers of Savagery. Homegrown. Homegrown. That's we'll right. We'll be here after the break. All right. Great way to come out of the break with a commercial for the MCW Training Center. Ironically enough, um, next beginner's class is April 6th, but um, we just happen to be sitting here with two graduates um, of the training center who are currently two-thirds of the uh, six-man world tag team champions for Ring of Honor. Soldiers of Savagery. How's it going, guys? Good. How are you? Pretty well. Pretty good. Pretty good. Obviously, you guys are doing good. Yeah. Life is good. Man, congratulations. Thank you. RJ would be proud. Most definitely. You know, mm-hmm. so um, you guys are kind of obviously breaking through, man, mm-hmm. you know, breaking mm-hmm. through. I know you guys were were kind of just sitting on the sidelines a little bit, you yeah. know, yep. um, for Ring of Honor. But they got you and um, Shane Taylor mm-hmm. together. And, um, man, what's it feel like? World champions. Feels, uh, feels great Surreal to be a champion. A little bit. It feels great to be a champion, but it, I, I still – like, I don't feel different. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so I, surreal. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It's. I think it's that A couple first... years ago, we were still here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was training. And it's like now we're on TV and internationally known as now six-man champions. Yeah. And that'll forever be imprinted in history. Agreed. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we made history. And I think it's all like our first title defense. Like, this isn't going to feel real. Until we have to go and defend these championships right. on TV. It's not going to really sink in. Right. <clears throat> and it's, you know, how things fall how things fall into place. Because, um, you know, a couple years ago, like how, how you guys you started out, um, Moses, you, you started out, uh, you guys kind of came together. It, it was, it, was it, um, was it, whose idea was it to put you guys together with us? Was it Dean or RJ or Joey? Uh, that was definitely my. It was my know, idea. Was it? Was it your guys' yeah. idea? Was it your guys' idea? I don't really remember. I, I just remember. I remember. Um, you know, a lot of sometimes if the ideas are mine that I pitch, I remember. But I just because you were doing singles, yep. and you guys started. You were doing all doing stuff with Napalm. Yep. Yep. You guys all kind of got put to Napalm, and then um, yeah, it was like uh, I didn't really remember um, which one was it. I just remember all of a sudden it was. But I remember Dean or RJ, and they came, and they're like, we want to, we want to, like, we, you know, we feel like we, we got something special here with, like, these two, and we can push. And they were right, you know, to their credit. Sometimes, you know, I, from years me being a trainer, sometimes you just see it with guys. Like, you can look and see, like, man, there's something special when we put these guys together. Because you were doing singles yep. before that. Yep. And, um, yeah, obviously it worked out. Yeah. You might as well tell the origin story. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Literally, uh, so I, I was uh, doing singles. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, that's back when I was working as uh, originally I was uh, Q the dog. And I remember after that show, and, uh, and uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to, you know what? I was like, I know I was going to bring this I'm up. So. Because I know what you're going to say. You remember my reaction? <laughs> so, but look, th- this is like it. So I remember, um, I remember we were driving, I was driving to Hollywood. Yeah, it was after that show. Yeah. Did RJ tell you that? How I was yeah, like living over like, the name? The boss came to me and said, You're I you said, can't That's the worst. No. <laughs> What the hell I kind of name is Q? I don't think you can say what you said on, on, uh, on the podcast. I, I think you yeah, I was like, PG no. Version. Yes. I was like, that's the dumbest <laughs> name. Like what? And uh, I was like, no, no. Um, but it. But here's the thing. And the saint, like, I started wrestling. I was called the Comet. Um, so we yeah. all had. Remember, Leo was L I Green, and we. I remember that. Him. Yeah. I was terrorizing. You were so, terrorizing. Yeah, like right. so, we all have that when we start, moments, right? Like yes. just names, like they were so dumb. We couldn't. I I remember like and Leo, um, was so convinced that L I Green was a great name. Like we couldn't convince him. And Patrick was Rick Powers. Yes. And the same. And I was like, Patrick, like. That sounds like a freaking 80s porn star. I mean, I loved it. You know it. what I mean? I, <laughs> I loved Rick Powers. You know, and I was like, I think so. that's L.I. Green and Rick Powers. You know, so like we all had that. And I was like, RJ, that's the worst name. So that was, you know what I mean? It was bad. And I'm sorry, I missed this. It was Q the Dog. Q the Dog. Yeah. Come on, right? <laughs> I mean, Q the Dog, you know? Right, like, right, right. I was like, what the hell kind of name is that? I would come down to the ring with the, like a long chain like Junkyard Dog used to have. I would bark in the ring like... Yeah. To me, at least Hollywood was into it. Right. Um, but yeah, I hated it. it. You hated it, and then. But hey, maybe in a small way, I kind of helped, you know, <laughs> yeah. get you where you are now. Right, yeah. Literally, no he texted me. On you got to come up with something else. So that show was Saturday. Sunday, RJ texted me. He was like, yeah, boss hates the name. Write down a list of names. Come to practice Tuesday. Give it to me and Dean. We'll figure it out. I thought we were going to go in the back. They look at my list of names and they choose. Mm-hmm. No. After we warmed up that day at practice, they said, Q, go get your uh, list of names. <laughs> everybody is huddled together. And they said, okay, everybody, we're going to figure his name out right now. So oh, they yeah. literally went name by name down the list. No, this is stupid. No, that's not going to work. <laughs> no, this is stupid. Uh, you remember them? I can't I know I had at least 20 names on that oh, list. Oh, my though. goodness. And finally, they took two mismatched names and put Malcolm Moses together. That, yeah. And, this, uh, and that's, and, how, and that's that how the name came together. Mm-hmm. That's how, in front of the whole school, everybody was like, yeah, that, that's cool. But for 25 <laughs> years, I've I've always said, like, because I've just seen it, and I've always, you get guys that sign up, guys and girls that sign up, and they'll start rattling off, this is my gimmick, and I'm always like, it's going to change. Mm-hmm. It's going to change, it's going to change. Because you have your idea, and your idea might be dumb. But not only that, you get around as you're training and you start getting closer with people and having conversations. And it's like um, it's like a bowl of soup with all kinds of ingredients and different people throw ingredients in. And then all yeah. of a sudden, a year down the road, you you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you, you come up with something and it like it kind of forms itself the same way. Like I said, with with LA, so with um, with Leo Rush, like he was so convinced that L.I. Green was a great name, even though we were saying, dude, this is terrible. 
It wasn't until he went to a Ring of Honor seminar and like Delirious and the guys there asked him if we, they thought we gave him that name to rib him. Because, you know, being green in the wrestling business. Oh, like, sure, yeah. Green? So, they, so they were like, they pulled him aside and they were like, they thought, they, they saw his talent in the ring and because he, he came to us and he was like, all right, you guys are right. And this was like right before he won the Shamrock Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like, what? And he's like, okay, you guys are right. It's a terrible name. And he tells us a story. Like they pulled him aside and were like, you're really talented, but like. This name is terrible, <laughs> you know. Oh, and, yeah. and he was. It wasn't until that, and they, they we thought we, we thought you were being ribbed by like your trainers by saying like L I Green, like M I Green, like that you were going to be terrible. And when you we see what you got like in the ring, we realize like we, someone's got to say something to this kid about the name. Yeah. So it wasn't until that that he was like, okay, can we? Can you guys? Can we come up with something else? Like, I want to change it. So. Yeah, it's it's it. That's a natural progression that happens anyway. Where, you know, you might think something is good, but then people start, and then all of a sudden you come up, and now here you guys are. Yeah, yeah. Malcolm Moses, <laughs> one third of the world six man tag team right. champions. Not you, the dog. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm just trying to picture them announcing your name as the winner, as the dog. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I will always laugh about that, Dan. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, I was. I was. I was like, that's the worst name. Well, what's crazy is that name. was my first match. Yeah, I knew it was, was like one of your first because I worked. Uh, yeah. I worked um, Dante, right? And uh, in the pre-show, and you chewed us out because we we had a match. We went outside. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we yeah. Had, we were in the pre-show. pre-show. Right, right. Pre-show, we right. got chewed out. Um, but yeah, but fast forward to uh, January 2017, and that was he had just started. Like mm-hmm. that was Khan's his second day of practice was when I tore my meniscus. Right. And I was out for six months, and as I was starting to come back, um, just for like mental reps, and he came to me was like, "Hey man, I've been looking at your stuff. When you get right, you want to tag." And I don't know, like, a lot of people, but when I came out, I, like, I want to be singles. I want to be singles. But then I was like, man, why not? Like, I clearly just lost my spot for the past six months, so why not give this tag thing a shot? And the history books have been written ever since. Right, right. And and I rem- and I, I wanted to put you over for that, for the, your injury, um, because I know you were down and discouraged, man, but you kept kept coming. And I we, we talked a couple times. Mm-hmm. During that time, and and um, how much weight did you drop too in that time? Well, I think when I started MCW, I was up to like three thirty, and then I got down to like two ninety mm-hmm. um, over that course. So then I think the the injury I put back on ten, then I afterwards I Jay dropped like fifteen. Once I came back and like I was actually ready to run. Yeah, you're just. Um Man, you're just an example, to me, you're an example of a guy that, uh, like, you just, you know, so many people, and I've done this uh, 25 years, seen so many people quit um, at different times, and I remember thinking, and, like, I remember having conversations with RJ, because even though I hated your name, I did (laughs) like you, and um, I remember having conversations with, like, Dean and RJ and saying, like, hey, how's Q mentally? after the injury because mm-hmm. that's like that's a, a point where a lot of people some people just quit because of the pain but a big injury like that like a surgery type injury is really that's a, a pivotal point for a lot of people where they're like man hell with this and mm-hmm. you it's hard to get people that's something like 
we can't do for you, you have to mentally get past that mm -hmm. and be able to come back and go, okay, I'm going to do it. And you did. And, and you know, I'm, I'm glad that you did. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I remember having those discussions and like, how, how's Q's head? I mean, you know, how is mm -hmm. he in the head? Like mentally, is he going to, you think he's going to come back? And they were like, yeah, he's good. You know, you're, you know, you, 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 you sort it out and kind of work through it mentally, but mm -hmm. you know what I mean? You overcame that, which is, um, very admirable. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people do, you right. know, right. a lot of people. And, and obviously it was all worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. you're right about that, Dan. When people get a serious injury like that, you know, that there's that expectation that, oh, you're going to want to prevent further harm, you know? Like, yeah. I remember when I broke my neck, it was, oh, you're done with wrestling now. And I was like, no, why? Why would I be done? You know, and that was, like, what, 16 years ago or something, you mm -hmm. know? And it's like, you, if it's in you and you want it, you're still going to, you're still going to be there, you know? It, it's, you'll heal, you'll come back, you'll be stronger, better, you know, and... It makes you face reality, yeah. you know, the mm -hmm. reality of, of no matter what we say uh, or what anybody says about this being a work or whatever, it's it, it's incredibly dangerous. Yeah. I, I think mm -hmm. as as dangerous as playing professional football, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, or doing mixed martial arts. And I mean, it's you know, it, it's, um, you know, in a moment's notice, you know, look at uh, draws, you know, in a moment's notice, mm -hmm. you can be in a yeah. wheelchair for the rest of your life. Yeah. So it was, it's definitely when you face something like that, it's mm -hmm. where you step back and you start thinking like, you know, as you get, and then you're getting older, like, man, do I want to do this? Do I, you know, um, but yeah, so it, mentally it's a, it, it's, um, it's a big hurdle to get over. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Know? And like crazy thing about that is I broke my L5 vertebrae when I was 17. Then I found out I had a spinal condition where the chiropractor and the doctors are like, you can't play sports for the rest of your life. You can't even run on the sidewalk anymore. Like, wow. you can't do anything active because they didn't really know much about my spinal condition at the time. Mm -hmm. But I remember when I made this decision to get into wrestling, I saw, like, three different spine specialists. I remember looking up wrestlers that might have the same thing that I have, and I'm like, I mean, she's like, you can get hurt falling off your bike or you can get hurt throwing yourself at the ground doing wrestling. I mean, it's up to you, but right. just be smart about it. So, right. like, talk about mentally checking out. I was terrified to, like, even lift weights for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. I stopped playing football for a while. Like, just... To, like completely diminishes you as a person when you're an athlete like that right so trying to come back from that was i, I completely understand like what he went through well <clears throat> for early days like take us back early days what got you guys into it into wrestling and what made you want to do this we kind of jumped ahead to you training but for the both <laughs> of you what kind of made you made you guys want to head this direction go. uh so for me this has always been the plan honestly since i was like 10 or 11 years old i've made this decision where with my parents, I was like, you have to go to college first, get a shoot job, and then you can do whatever the hell you want. So I was like, okay, that's the plan. Went to college, went to grad school, got a shoot job for a couple of years, and then when the WWE 24 documentary came out, I saw Seth Rollins coming back from his injury, and I'm like, that day, I was like, yep, I'm doing this, and I'm signing up, and I'm, I'm going to do this. Uh, ironically, I just happened to move to Maryland like the next year and found MCW. Um, and then actually a couple of years ago, too, ironically, so my dad's from Cameroon, from a small village, mm -hmm. and I found out that like there's a big tradition back in Cameroon and other small African countries where they do like this traditional Greco-Roman style wrestling. So like I feel like kind of it's like my destiny to be here, like like I'm just destined to do this. Like I've, I've I love wrestling. I've been into it since I was 10 years old. I love Jeff Hardy. I wanted to be like that, but then I felt what a bump was like, and I'm not doing that kind of crazy stuff. So, but it's just been the plan. Now, are, uh, do you have contact with people in Cameroon? Do they follow your career? I know I've, I've been to, I went to Kenya two yeah. years ago, and they were huge wrestling fans. And now they're not watching it live. They're mm -hmm. only getting it through YouTube. So certainly they'd be able to see 
some of the things that you're doing. So. I think that I, they know what I do. Uh -huh. um, my dad goes back every year. I've gone back before, too. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, they're like such a small village back there where they don't even really have electricity like that yeah. or running water. So, But people have Facebook. They've kind of left Cameroon have gone to France and they'll get in contact with me. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, somehow they're watching this stuff. I don't know how. Right, yeah. yeah. That, that was, when I was in Kenya, that was the same thing. Like, I, literally, there's like, you know, a hole in the ground for a yep. bathroom. Yeah. And they're literally gathered around their phones watching mm -hmm. wrestling. Yeah. Like, and, and they thought it was great, you know, to meet someone who was in that business, yeah. you know, brought that reality thing. So when you said that, I was mm -hmm. thinking, oh, I wonder if they're watching in the same way. I think that they're still really far removed because I, I yeah. think, like, when I went back there, they're like, oh, you're like a pimp. You're like 50 Cent or Snoop Dogg. You have tattoos. <laughs> you must have tons of money. Like, yeah. No. So they probably know, like, right. The Rock and Austin and stuff from the 90s, but new stuff, probably not. Yeah. But that's just the perception of, like, the U.S. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and they don't have access to live wrestling events, yeah. you know? And yep. I, I was talking to several of them there as well, and um, I wasn't there as a tourist. I was in the villages. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it, they don't have the, the luxuries that we have here yeah. with being able to go see independent wrestling or being able to go see WWE or something mm -hmm. like that. There's there's not an arena that's hosting these events or anything. Yeah. So they're really just limited to YouTube. So you must be like a larger-than-life celebrity <laughs> to them. So <laughs> Possibly. I've met some guy from Senegal uh, a few weeks ago, and he was like, oh, you do you do WWF? I'm like, no, 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 no. This is, <laughs> this is something different. But, again, the perception that he has yep. is like, you're, you're a celebrity. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm, I'm nobody right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're just no, starting you are. out. You are. We're just starting out. We're just starting out. So, yeah. Where were you before before you moved to Maryland? I was back in Minnesota. That's where I'm originally from. Really? Yeah. So I looked at a school out there before I moved here. Some old WWE ref. It's some basement somewhere, I guess, where Rowan was training. Uh, the super small ring. Like, I don't know what kind of structure that was. There was like three people in a, a ring that was sinking in the middle. I'm like... <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll sign up here. I don't know how else to start wrestling. I mean, yeah. this is this is the start. So that so you were about to, and then I was you just moved about to, and then I moved here. Yep. And are, are you from Minnesota originally? Yeah. Or? Okay, right yep. on. Yeah. Um, I just well, I was I was saying uh, you mentioned Cameroon. I wasn't sure if you were like that's where my dad's from. Okay, your yeah. dad's from Cameroon. Okay. Yep. And when did you move out here? When did you move to Maryland? Twenty uh, sixteen. So I think I waited like six months before I actually had a job before I signed to do this just because you kind of hear about how much it costs when it starts, but that's still like a huge thing to do. And then it's it's changing your life. I came to two practices and RJ was telling me, once you sign up for this, there's no leaving this business. Right. Like this is going to change your life. You're going to be yeah. here twice a week. We're going to have birthdays or shows on weekends. Mm -hmm. This is, and you need to be with someone that's going to support you while you do this. Like this is going to take and change your life. Yeah. So I, I just had to make sure I got myself financially in a place because I'd like to be very rational and like, logical mm -hmm. with my decisions uh and then, yeah signed up and never looked back right mm -hmm. my what? story like really mirrors his to a degree but like i didn't know anything about wrestling like from the time i was born till i, well, I was like seven or eight and then my older brother he was like hey you want to watch something whatever and so he put on uh wcw and the first guy i saw was kevin nash i was like that guy is huge <laughs> couldn't take my eyes off of him mm -hmm. just Nothing. The whole product was amazing. And then he was like, hey, you know, it's another one. I'm like, another what? And he was like, there's another company. I was like, who's better than this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> who's better than this? NWO, I got to see. Uh -huh. He was like, he flipped it over. First guy I saw, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I was like, how can I watch both at the same time? <laughs> like, I was yeah. I was Monday hooked on wrestling ever since. So the Monday Night Wars. That's the Monday Night Wars was, I was born into it. Yeah. And both of them, they, they had me hooked. 
um, fast forward, like, I remember, like, I got to high school, and, you know, a lot of people say, I want to be a doctor, blah, blah, blah. And my mom asked, what do you want to do? I said, I want to be a wrestler. And so my older sister kind of, she was like, now, listen, uh, <laughs> it's fine that you have this dream, but I need you to be realistic about things. Like, not everybody can go do that. Right. And, of course, at that time, like, I'm, I, I tried to listen to older people because they have experienced the world. And they were like, you want to get an education. You want to have a backup plan. And my mom said that I don't care what you do. Just go to school first. So just like him, I went and got my degree. I can't graduate it. I came back home. I worked for about a year and a half, and I was like, I'm not working nine to five forever. Like this is for the birds. And I was yeah. like, at this point, I was like 23, 24, and I was just like, what do I want to do with my life? Mm-hmm. Like it's not working a regular nine to five. And so I was like, why not go chase a dream that I said I wanted to do when I was younger? Mm-hmm. And so I started looking around, and the first school that I thought I could afford at that time was WWA4 in Atlanta. And at that point, that was being run by Mr. Hughes. Um, and I went down there for a camp, and I was like, yeah, I can do this. You were living up here? I was living up here, and I was looking, and my, luckily I had my older sister lives down there. So I just flew oh, down there. Oh, you were just going to stay with her or yeah. whatever while you went flew there. down there, did the week camp. I was like, okay, I'll be back. Came back up here looking for a job, couldn't find a job in Atlanta. So I was like, well, let's start looking for the schools in Maryland because Atlanta's not working out. And found MCW. Um, I said I put the stuff in. I want to come. I was supposed to meet Dean, but Dean couldn't make it. First person I saw was RJ. And if you imagine looking up at him, <laughs> that's the first person you see. And uh, by the end of our conversation, he was like, am I going to see you on Tuesday? And I was like, yeah, like I'm coming. And story was, was written it. ever since. Wow. <clears throat> oh, my first professional match that I had November 14th 1993 and you remember your dates yep the first match uh one of the most memorable things for me that night was Mr. Hughes um Ian Rotten was the promoter um and um he was livid and I'll just remember Mr. Hughes walking around and Ian was trying to pay everybody in check and then Mr. Hughes got in his face and his finger was like yeah, his fingers are kind of... His finger is, like, stuck like that. Mm-hmm. That one that, you know, you see him, and I'll never forget. And he's going, kept getting in Ian's face, and he's saying, Big Cat, don't take no check. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, that's, yeah. like, for my first night in wrestling, he just kept yelling. And, like, I remember him turning, and he's like, You all hear that? Big Cat, don't take no check. He was yeah. telling... He didn't just tell Ian. He was telling everybody in the locker room. Right, right. Like, and, of course, I am. You know, first night, I'm, like, terrified. Oh, my God, it's Mr. Hughes. Yeah. And he's a big dude. Yeah. And he's, like, larger than light. You know what I mean? And he was, he was just telling everybody, like, hey, man, you better listen to him. Big Cat don't take no check. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's he wild. got his cash. He didn't pay him cash. I'm sure he, he did. Got, yeah. He got the cash for the Big Cat. Yeah. He let everybody know, Big Cat don't take no check. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Oh. Ian yeah. Rotten and Mr. Hughes. I wanted to ask both of you before we take a break. Um, you both mentioned you have degrees. Um, what degrees do you have? Our fans love to find out these other lives that we have you know like we're not just wrestlers or we're not just in the business but i think that's an interesting thing that our fans would like to know uh, i got my bachelor's in fine art and then i got my master's in graphic design and i have a bachelor's in mathematical sciences all right a uh, bachelor in the fine arts where'd you uh where'd you achieve that if you don't mind me asking i went to a small school in iowa called luther college luther in yeah. iowa yeah decorah iowa and what was the what was the arts uh what was it that you studied if you don't mind me asking that as well at that time, I was focusing like sculpture and painting, and then my senior year, I switched to design because I wanted to get into like designing magazines. 
Right on. Yeah. Interesting. We have that in common. I also have a bachelor's degree mm-hmm. in art. I know we've talked about yeah. it, so I know what your answer is going to be. And you guys are <laughs> killing the gimmick now as the soldiers <laughs> of savage. Indeed. <laughs> right on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, come on. This is the soldiers <laughs> of savage. <laughs> right? You're killing them. All right, but art is important, okay? It should be more valued. I mean, both of their journeys journeys involve their parental units saying, you guys need to focus on school for the backup, and this could be Which is just, I mean, in all honesty, just an amazing decision and amazing um, parental guiding. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in 23, 24 years doing this, I have seen so many guys unprepared and injuries happen guys and girls mm-hmm. um and man like you guys I, i'm sure like your parents just it was completely the right decision and, and for you guys to follow that and do that just as a backup because um this this business it can end like that mm-hmm. you know so um, i mean honestly i wish i would have started earlier but same. i think mentally where you're at when you start a little bit like later in life and then having that shoe job experience and just learning how to navigate the world, I think that's been beneficial for both of us. Yeah, yeah. and totally it's working agree. out for you guys. Yeah. Right, right here. Like mm-hmm. the, the thing about it, like the thing I can appreciate about my parents making me go to college first, like understanding the value of money mm-hmm. and understanding mm-hmm. the value of like making sure you're secure because like this is an investment. Yep. Yep. You know, like you, you are literally investing in yourself and it's not promised that you'll succeed, but it is an investment and you've seen how many guys... They start, say they want to do it, and then a couple weeks later they stop. Like, yeah, I don't think you evaluated yourself yeah. or yeah. this investment. And like what you, meant, what you guys mentioned earlier about the time commitment, you know, mm-hmm. like multiple times a week training. You're going to need to be in the gym. You're going to need to be available mm-hmm. on weekends. You know, you're going to need gas and road trip money because yep. you're yep. going to be traveling mm-hmm. quite a bit of miles for 20 bucks. you know, when you yeah. first start out. And if you're not prepared financially – you know, that's going to derail your plans really fast because you have no way to pay for that. I mean, you know, you, you can't do the things that are required mm-hmm. to invest mm-hmm. in yourself, as you said. Exactly. It's an investment. That's right. So right decisions were made early on, and we're going to talk about some more right decisions that you made as your career progressed all the way up to and including mm-hmm. being crowned new Ring of Honor six-man tag team champions. I think we're going to take a quick break, and yeah. we'll be right back with more of the cast. All right, we're back. We talked about making a lot of the right decisions, which uh, ultimately, like we mentioned, led you to the current glory that you're experiencing in Ring of Honor Wrestling. But mm-hmm. like with a lot of guests that we've had, I, I missed a lot of your your ascent here in MCW. I missed a lot of your, uh, you know, accolades, really. I would only come in for the Shamrock Cup. So take me a little bit on the journey of when you came together in MCW and kind of reaching that level of success right here in your home base. Uh, I think we had our first tag match in the fall of, what, 2017? Yeah, it was a dark match with uh, Robbie, Robbie and Bobby. Bobby. yep. And then we were put together with Napalm Bomb and Trick as the Bomb Squad. <laughs> I remember So that. we were his little legion of goons, basically, <laughs> beating people up. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I yeah. do remember seeing yeah. you guys look yeah. like this. <laughs> I do remember this. On one of the times that I visited, I was like, whoa, these... You got these big guys wearing suits and glasses. Okay. (laughs) Yes. This was magical, I remember. And I remember this was one of the many times that, you know, as an outsider doing the things that I was doing, I was like, wow, I wish that I knew what was really going on because this looked like it was just like a Black Wall Street type stable. Yeah, this was after Black Wall Street, but it was kind of like the... 
it was it was um like napalm had went off to do his own thing it was kind of like black wall street 2.0 in a ah, sense okay but yeah it was like napalm's version and solo had moved away this was during when solo moved to canada right during this time was that probably part of that? so I yeah i think that happened yeah. around the same time so but and, and i think we we kind of talked about um before we mentioned it on a, i think maybe like during kevin x episode me i i was really high on um I I thought Napalm and Solo together. I was like, man, these guys can freaking get signed. Like I just saw something in them, but those two just weren't on the same page. It happens you know, that way, they, and and that's they just they didn't they never got on the same page that I saw. Mm-hmm. And um, Napalm kind of wanted to do his own thing, and him I guess in a singles role, which is fine sometimes. Creatively, as a promoter, you know, or trainer, like you just can't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes people see something different, so that's when this kind of came together. Because Napalm, I guess, wanted to be the lead guy and kind of do his own thing, and that's when this all came together. So, were you were you guys originally like the muscle, like the big Bubba Rogers is of his, the 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 goon squad? Was was that what you were? You, were you just coming off of injury at that time too? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Literally, because oh, okay. I think. Uh, I officially started practicing again in like the summer, so I had to get my feet back. I had mm-hmm. to get get blown up right. a lot to just get back in wrestling shape. And then uh, he presented, we presented uh, RJ and Dean with, "Hey, what do you think about us tagging?" Mm-hmm. Um, we went through those woes because we had no clue how to tag team. So wrestling. pause because that's where I'm like foggy <laughs> because RJ and Dean totally took credit for that. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. They pitched that to me. Right, so right, right. They were like, you know, I'm like, oh, we got these. We're going to put them together. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I feel disrespected. They, 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 huh? I feel disrespected because I was talking to him about it. And Welcome I was like, to the business. Well, I was like, look at MCW's landscape. I was like, There's not a lot of tag teams here. I was like, if they put us together, immediately they're going to put us on the Hard. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's what happened. That's well, yeah, so the way they pitched it to me, too, because Dean and RJ knew, like, I was really disappointed in Napalm and Solo mm-hmm. me, just that they didn't get on the same page. Because mm-hmm. I, like, well, I wanted to pitch them to Ring of Honor. I was just like, man, I just saw magic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To me, when I, like, when, you know, and, and they knew how, like, high, I was like, man. I just think these guys come out and and with our you know when they would come out even our audience when Napalm and Solo would come out Massive. man you would see Big people in the yeah. people in the yeah. crowd would go ooh like yeah. like it got serious yeah. in the room yeah. you know what I mean I know what like, you, mean. you yeah. know what I'm saying and I, so I just they knew I was really disappointed that like they didn't get on the same page with each other cuz I saw man this WWE's going to grab these yeah. guys mm-hmm. you know what I mean and um It's crazy that you say that because literally like once we presented it to RJ and Dean, I think like a week went by, and RJ pulls aside. He's like, "All right, the boss said he's good with that, so we're gonna start going." But the one thing I need you two to do is to talk every day. Yeah, and he he would preach that. Like I think he talked for thirty minutes. He said, "You have to talk every day because mm-hmm. you got to build a relationship. You got to talk every day." And he's from Minnesota. I'm from Bowie, Maryland. Two different lifestyles growing up. <laughs> But we literally just talked every day. We talked every day. Talked every day. And every time I practice, did y'all talk today? Like he yeah. was literally like, did y'all talk today? Like he was literally. He was like, you don't you don't understand it now, but that's the, that's what you have to do to be a good tag team. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta know each other in the ring and out the ring, because you you and to this day, like I'm so glad we did. We listened to yeah. him because it's 
where we've been pretty successful with that with that with what he told us. But like, at the time, I was like, man, what, what do we have to talk about every day? Like, yeah, I'm talking about practice. Yeah, that's when RJ was like, RJ was like, these are gonna they're gonna get the job that Nate. That's that's what he said. Like they're gonna get the job that Napalm and Solar should have got. Mm-hmm. We put these guys together. They're serious. They're mm-hmm. committed. And that's when I was like, okay. So that's it's funny that you guys <laughs> had that because it was it was kind of pitched to me like they came up with it. Mm, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what you know. Did you also come up with your own name? I did. Well? well, my friend did, but like I'll take that credit. That's for okay. me. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about even getting on the same page. Practices from that point on. Once we got together. All right, you two in this ring by yourselves with t- two people over here, and y'all need to learn how to tag with each other. You two, two moves each, and that's it for like 15 minutes straight. Just mm-hmm. tag, learn how to wrestle together. Like even missing hand signals, yeah. like y'all need to get on the same page. Rather than being a team, yep. we were two singles guys yeah. trying to act like a tag team. Right. Yep. Rather than understanding, you have to work as a team, yep. mm-hmm. and you don't have to do as much. Because you can tag your a partner and <laughs> yep. do something together to put over you are a team. Yep. Right. We missed that for at least two weeks. <laughs> we were just trying to, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. RJ and Dean was like, no. Yep. Pick two things each. Two things and that's it. And slowly but surely, we were like, oh, we don't need to do all that stuff. Because right. yeah. I got him. Yep. Right. Okay, cool. Here, your turn. And then. That's how we started, like, picking it up. And it was – but they literally, like, they would just say, y'all two, go over there. Yeah, it's a different mindset. Because <laughs> yeah. you're not you're, – you're trying to do – you're trying to make the team shine, right. not yeah. each other. Yeah. Like, in a singles, when you're – a singles, you're trying to actually develop stuff to make the team shine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a different mindset. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, <clears throat> then we start um, – I guess we start pushing you guys. Yeah. I think the bomb squad lasted – five or six months and then we had like our coming out moment where we uh attacked you yeah, <laughs> yeah i'll never forget uh, yeah I'll is this forget. where you broke your ribs this yeah. is where, well, this is where i ribs. broke his ribs <laughs> <laughs> i'll never forget the, yeah. the text I, message neither will i <laughs> yeah i remember i was like i was neither like dad i see you back in the ring and you were like oh no <laughs> you were like no i'm not <laughs> <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> so the next so this was a saturday night Sunday, RJ texted me. He was like, hey, you need to check on the boss. I was like, oh, what happened? He was like, you broke his ribs. <laughs> I thought he was ribbing me. I was like, no, no, no. He was like, no, that spear that you put on him, <laughs> you hit him. And so I think that's when I messaged you to actually be okay, and you just told me, no, it's fine, you understand. Yeah, like, I said, you know. <laughs> it was right here. Duck one, get the spear. Boom. Oh. <laughs> we were hyped up. Yeah, we were hyped up. I, was it Christian? Yeah, was it yep, Christian? York. Was out there and he said, on the floor, he said, uh, he came over. He said, "Come on, we gotta, we gotta go. We got a powder." And I said, "I can't, I can't effing move." And he was like, "What?" Christian's like, "What do you mean?" I said, "Dude, am I still together?" You better uh, cut your ass. I, I said, and Christian said, "Yeah." I said, "I can't feel anything below my waist." I mean, that was a hell of a hit. You know, that was a was hell like, of a hit. Yeah. You know, he, he was like, a, he, and Christian's like, "Oh man, you serious?" He's all country. He's all country. He said, "Oh man, you serious?" I said, "Dude, I can't feel my legs." And uh, yeah, so my ribs were broke. But what did I say? I was like, "Yeah, you." I could tell. I was like. Look, man, at 45 years old or 44 years old, me getting back in there, I, I mean, 
I've always had that mentality. I mean, I had five concussions, you know, five or six concussions and broke my orbital bone. It's just like we talk about the danger in it. I, you know, it wasn't you. You were being intense, which is what you should have done. Um, that's it. You know what I mean? Like, the, re the reality is anytime we get in the ring, we take that chance. And that's what I told you. I'm not... And I, I've always been one that is like I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do anything that I wouldn't ask people to do or you know have a different mentality. I, I've never I never led like that. Like yeah. when you said we were talking about the one time we did fire in MCW and was like it was all, I I got thrown in the fire. Yeah, yeah. Because I wasn't gonna ask somebody else to light a table on fire and get thrown in it. So I was like I'll do it. I'm not or thumbtacks. So I was mm -hmm. like I'm not gonna I'll I'll do it. I'll get no, it was fire. It was probably fire and thumbtacks. Yeah. It was probably both. So, yeah, I mean, no, and then, you know what I mean? It's just you were being intense. It was your, like you guys, it was your coming out moment. Yeah. It was important. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> but, yeah, that, that yeah, that was, I was like, all right, I'm done with this. Yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I, 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 I'll never forget that time. I know, man, it was miserable. If anybody's ever broke their ribs, the, like, six weeks was I did. I broke them when I... Freaking horrendous, man. It was training. It, when we were at Bonebreakers, yeah. I broke my ribs on a suplex of all things and then mm -hmm. re-broke them again six weeks later. So the most... Yeah. The, 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 um, the, the, <laughs> the worst thing about do, breaking the... was like coming up with stories for real estate clients because I had to cancel... <laughs> right, right, right. ...that I couldn't show houses and had to make... How'd you break your ribs? <laughs> oh, I was painting the roof. <laughs> I was, I was painting my daughter had a... <laughs> toy on the steps and I stepped and fell down. I think that's what I told people because like wrestling like I kind of just like I with real estate in the 15 years I've been doing that it's always been something like if people google me or they find out they find out but I don't need it's always been like my dirty little secret oh yeah I'm like if they, and a lot of people do find out I'll like hey I googled you and I gotta. I wanted to ask you something. You know, so yeah, that was the worst. But it was, they were a couple broken ribs. But but you guys were off and running, so that's yeah. all that mattered. And like yeah. I told you guys, did you think I was gonna like bury you or something? I just knew I was done in MCW. Seriously? Just, yeah. Man. You really thought that? Well, you know, you're the boss. You know, like you you control. Even though RJ and Dean may put the. Uh, put the um matches together like you can you you the one who signed off and everything so yeah but it was good it was good it was good stuff and all the look the only thing i cared listen when i i don't know you got you guys know like i got divorced in mm -hmm. 2005 and she was with like another wrestler and i made it a storyline yep. and we made an angle out of it yeah you got married and in a ring i wrestled and i wrestled in my <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I was saying, saying, people outside of my life were like, wait a minute. And I, they thought it was a work. And um, the, all that stuff with Zach and all that. And they're yeah. like, so wait a minute. Like, your wife was with this guy. And then you brought him back and wrestled. And we did interviews building up the match. <laughs> and I'm like, what else would I do? Right. Why not? It was a built-in you know? storyline. Like, so, yeah, there wasn't, uh, and not even for a second was I bothered about the broken ribs. Um, I was more concerned with whether we got, you guys got over, yeah. you know, and, and that's it. So, yeah, it was. Well, good job, uh, because I heard about it. I wasn't even in MCW, and I heard about the breaking of the ribs, and. You know, I checked in with yeah, you. It was like great. You when you check, you were like, "Are you wrestling again?" I'm like, "What's that, Chris Rock saying? Grand opening, grand, grand closing, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's it. That's like, it. I'm yeah. Off into the sunset, you know. Like, grand opening, grand closing. I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, it was. It was a, uh, you know, it was it was a good thought. And then 
I got cut in half by a spear by Q the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I feel like in your head you were saying that. Yes, right? I, that damn Q the dog. <laughs> He's mad that I didn't like his name when he started. Seat, brother. Now sorry, now sorry for being a little bit on the the ignorant side of this, but did you achieve a championship gold eventually here in MCW as the tag champs? We did. Uh, we went on a hell of a babyface run until we faced. Uh, uh, what was it G, G Money? No, no, no. That we got. We won the titles from. Um, uh, uh, that's fire. Guns for Hire. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we wrestled them. We won the belts, and we went undefeated. Yep. Uh, we won the belts in 2018. Uh, we went through 2019, and then now here it comes. We start bringing ROH. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we did the tryout with ROH in August of 2019. Okay. And two days, full gear, on your feet all day. <sighs> rough. It was that, It was rough. <laughs> But we, we toughed through it, and they invited us to start training at the ROH Dojo. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, those ROH seminars are major key. I'll never forget Leo <laughs> yeah. Rush. And I, I think Patrick went to one, too, um, you know, as he was trying to find a, a home outside of MCW. He did. He, I think he went to one, like, right, maybe it was, like, right after Tough Enough. Right after Tough like Enough, tough yeah. Enough. So they that, that was one of the best decisions that uh, you both could have made was getting that uh, ROH seminar and toughing it out, as you, as you described. Right. Yeah. Right. I want to take a minute and clarify for some of our newer fans or maybe people who aren't familiar with your beginnings here. You went by the name Sons of Savagery. Yep. Yes. So if you're yes. looking up our YouTube channel or looking for videos or anything, you're going to see that under Sons of Savagery. Actually, I just had all that changed. Oh, oh, right. oh yeah, right? <laughs> like, I know, really, like last Mandela effect. You don't remember the Sons of Savagery. Well, I just had to change all the names. Mind. And no, and for, for YouTube, for search purposes. So a lot of that Absolutely. I said, go back right. and change from the Sons of Savagery. In case people are searching, like so, right. right. well, we don't want them searching for terror, but they were, you know, or the comment channel. We do have a streaming show, uh, mcwrhtv.com, where you can check out all of our things. And we've um, been adding a lot of ones from the past lately, so mm-hmm. it is entirely possible that some of our subscribers will be seeing you under there as sons of savagery because we have not changed that. So, <laughs> I just wanted to fill that in for any of our uh, viewers, like you had mentioned, that yeah. they missed some of this early these early moments here in MCW. Mm-hmm. And, and for you guys, too, one of the things, too, was, like, they were interested quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, after you guys. I don't know. Like, a lot of times, um, they, you know, companies like that, Ring of Honor, whoever, WWE, they might be like, okay, these guys or that guy was good, um, and we're going to keep an eye on them. Let, let us know if there's ever any interest. Like, you know, let us, we like them, but, you know, not, like, let it, they can, like, let them stay out there and get seasoning. Let them right. stay on the indies and get seasoning. But they were interested in you and pretty quick because honestly, we were you guys were just getting up and running and starting to get over. So yeah. when I, I can't remember, RJ or Dean told me I was like, "Yeah, Ring of Honor won him," and I was like, "Damn!" <laughs> not, but not, a, but in a you sense of like, man, we're just selling your ribs. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm still recovering. I'm st- I just come on, man. I'm just, right, my ribs are still broke. <laughs> right. You know, no, it was like we were just, you know, so you were just, and, and from an independent promoter, it's it's not always easy to get guys over. So we're like, we're just, and there was a lot of stuff we could have done with you and a lot of, you know what I mean? So it was, but it's, it's happy, but it's also like, oh, well, okay. 
You know what I mean? I guess bitter we're going to do some. Bittersweet. You know, yeah. It's bittersweet. You see, you know, and your kids get, you know, elevated, which is a good thing. But, like, do we still had, like, because they're starting to get over, there's a lot of fresh ideas. Right. There's a lot of fresh ideas that we can't um, put into play mm-hmm. because we're going to. we got to start it. planning their exit now. Yeah, we got to start their farewell. Planning, yeah, yeah. Grand opening, grand closing. There you go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You talk so. about bittersweet. I, I don't think I even told Moses this. When I found out about the tryout, I was talking to Ken Dixon. I'm like, I don't think I want to do this. Like, I didn't want to do it. Just cause I didn't know. I didn't want my life to change. I was getting comfortable here. And like you said, there's a ton of ideas here. MCW was home. And then after we had a reign of maybe five or six months at that point, it's like, oh, this, oh, this is going to change immediately already? I don't, <laughs> I'm not ready for this step yet. And Ken was like, why, why would you not do that? Why would you not see the possibilities out there? And like, just at least, just do it. Just try it. See what happens. Absolutely, like best decision that we made. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and this is kind of like, I, and I'm gonna say from experience, this is like prep school. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like from MCW, that's your your high school. Yep. You graduate to the bigs, yeah. to university, which yep. is the ROHs, the NXTs. So yeah. you're right on the right tra- trajectory. Let's let's talk about ROH a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. What was it like when you first arrived? Hmm. I I guess I. Watching the ROH product and knowing where we were, I was like, how the hell are we going to keep up? Mm-hmm. I just don't know. But what I found out was, hey, you got the foundation. You got the basics. Mm-hmm. We can teach you all the rest of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So it was like it was like a, a, a relief because like we would have days where we would just watch film. We would just talk. Yep. We would just like talk about psychology of wrestling and this is why this happened, or if you think about this this way, this is how the match could have gone. It helped us so much, because sometimes you just think, like, do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes if you just sit back and watch, and maybe it's not even, like, your your match. You watch somebody else's, and when the coaches are asking them, why, why did you do this, or why did you think this, and you hear them talk through it, you're like, I might do the same thing. But now I see why a coach is saying this. Okay, I see this. Ah, I understand why he's pointing that out. That helps so much. Yeah, and you find your own lane, right? Yep. right. So wait, when you when you arrived, you you arrived to ROH, and you it sounds like you went directly to their dojo, to the the training facility. If you were watching, or so uh, once we did the uh, once we did the um, seminar mm-hmm. and they invited us, we went to the we trained at the dojo full time. We no longer trained at MCW. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. when you when you when you did the tryout, you then your next move with ROH, the step in the direction to eventually becoming the champions, was you then started training at the ROH dojo. Correct. Yeah. Okay, and who was that under if you to enlighten people who aren't Um so Joey Mercury and mm-hmm. Wolfer at the time. Okay. Yeah. Right and then the net transition to Jonathan Gresham and Wolfer. Yep. And Gresham is the head trainer there currently. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But it was literally the day after the seminar. Oh, show up on Monday. Monday at 4 o'clock. And you're here Monday through Thursday, 4 o'clock to who knows the time we'll get done at. Right. Wow. wow. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we want to hear a little bit more about um, this experience in Ring of Honor and the training there and some of the competitors that you faced in your journey there mm-hmm. at Ring of Honor. Yeah, I want to hear about, like, maybe some of the alliances you formed. Like, if you felt like that you were being hazed or, like, not welcome. I'm curious about things like that because depending on where you are, it can sometimes feel that way. Like, right. we're the new kids on the block. What do you got? You know? So, yeah, after this break, let's right. let's talk some more with SOS. All right. All right. So, you guys, um, you were talking about before the break how you were training so much at the dojo. And then you kind of... Um, so it seemed it seemed to me, and I was under the impression like they were bringing you guys 
bringing you guys in hot right away, yep. like putting you right on the roster. Because you guys signed contracts, unlike yep. some of the other guys that um, and girls that were on the dojo that weren't signed, you know, there was no commitment. It's like a handshake deal. It's like a handshake. Yeah. You guys actually got contracts, which mm-hmm. is one of the reasons we lost you. And, and I was saying I was a little disappointed because we were, like, I felt like we were just getting you revved up. Right. Our fans were getting behind you and... Um, and, and I, you know, we all kind of had ideas, all these ideas for you. So then you, they kind of things, you kind of cooled off or they cooled, you know, they didn't put you right on the roster, right? You guys mm-hmm. kind of, which for me was frustrating. Cause I remember saying to like going to Dean and RJ and saying like, well, they're not even using you. Like, how come we had to take the tag belts <laughs> off of them? Cause mm-hmm. we had to surrender the tag belts mm-hmm. and do a tag tournament, I'm like, well, you know, why do we have to do that if they, you know, I was under the impression that you guys were, like, right on the roster. and So I think why, so. that was <laughs> the first time that we experienced politicking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this because is what there, were, there were plans for us. Like, I think we signed our contracts in April of 2019. <clears throat> there were plans for us not almost a month after that. Yep. Right. But we found out, like, a week before we were supposed to do what we were supposed to do, yeah, that got cut. Yeah, and that 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 brought us to the harsh reality of one politicking, but two that this is a, is a, it is a business, mm-hmm. right? And on, at anything until you actually get there day of, until you actually walk out that curtain, mm-hmm. it is not nothing yeah, is in stone. Right? It is yeah, not, it is not in stone. Everything can change, yeah. and I think that was the hugest slap in the face for us. It was like, damn. Okay. Sometimes you just have to really wait. Don't get excited. Yeah. Don't get excited until all right. We're a gorilla. Our music hitting. Oh, all right. We're out here. Okay, now it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I understand that too. And as a promoter, I mean, sometimes things beyond your control changes stuff. And but but for me, I remember I was just frustrating. I was like going to Dean and RJ. I was like, man, what happened? Because like we we canceled all these plans that we had for you guys. And I was like, if they weren't ready to just to go run with them like we could have you know we could have finished them up and 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 run for a couple months with stuff we had so mm-hmm. you guys experienced that and things kind of cool off for a while but then all of a sudden you end up back in the mix was it with Shane Taylor is that what happened you guys kind of got put with him so we when we made our first couple debuts we weren't really with anybody yeah, we it was just run-ins. go out there and beat people up Right. And but each time we went out there, Shane Taylor and Bubba were both out there on the apron like, Who the hell are these two guys? Yeah. Right, I remember that, yeah. Like, who are they? Like here, uh beating up Lifeblood and then we get them again in um Chicago. Uh it wasn't it's still there was no real direction there. And then I think that's when they cooled us off again. Right, they cooled you off they a second cool, time. Yeah, yeah, we we cooled off again. And you know, as a as a worker in this business Especially in a business where your age does come into a factor, and though we're relatively young, we're both like, "Hey, man, like we're burning up time." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tomorrow's yeah. not promising. I'm getting older by the day. So, what are we doing? Um, but then that's when uh, Shane approached us one day. I, I forgot where it was. It was backstage. Was this in? This was in Chicago. That's Atlanta. No, this is a uh, Atlanta. No, yeah. this, this is uh, Columbus. That's Columbus. This is Columbus. Yeah. And this is a couple months, I guess, before co- before the. So this is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was still uh, warm outside. So this is around like 
the fall of 2019. Okay. okay. Gotcha. Yeah, because we signed in March, and then they made this huge deal. It was like the resurgence of the ROH Dojo. Right. So right. they released the article, like the first signings of the dojo. Mm-hmm. And then. Yeah, you guys were kind of like the, the yeah. cover of that, basically. Mm-hmm. Like right. a picture of mm-hmm. you guys signing the. Mm-hmm. So yeah. then, like, we disappeared for a little bit. Then we had these run ins, like, okay, here's the first two signings of the new dojo making impact. And then we disappeared again. And we're just training every day in the dojo, just kind of frustrated. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we, like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> because we have ideas brought to us every other week, maybe or so. And like, oh, that's cool. But until, like, until we get there. Until we're in Gorilla and people are already out there, then <laughs> I can't get excited. Right. Yeah. I think I had my scariest moment as a professional wrestler before that, uh, <laughs> before our very first time on Ring of Honor television, is we're standing in Gorilla waiting for our, our spot to come out. And Bubba walks up beside us. He goes out before us, so he's watching for his spot. And so it's time for him to go. He turns to us and says, Here's your spot, kids. You only get one shot. And then he walked through the curtain. That yeah. sounds just like what Bubba that would do like to some brand new kids that are about yeah. to come out for their biggest, like, yeah. it's your spot. Yeah. Don't mess it up. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. I was just like, man, mm-hmm. can't mess this up now. Like, right. And, and we didn't. We did what we needed to do. But you know, that's a tactic. What did because... Bubba say to you afterwards? Probably did anything positive? Maybe not. He Probably. was like, everything looked good. I just would hit my finish sooner. And then he yeah, because he's got a critique. That's Bubba. <laughs> He had to critique. Yeah, but those butterflies that he put inside of your stomach, probably, I know that there have been times when I've had to perform on a large stage, and it's those butterflies that I think carry me through to make sure that I don't yeah. mess up, yeah, you know? Exactly. So, yeah. you know, he knows what he's doing. And he's, then, a hard, he's a hard guy to read, too. Yeah. He's yeah. Really There's been a few times with him when we walk back to the curtain, and he just smile at us and just maybe wink. I'm like, right. is that a good thing? I don't know what you expect. No, listen, I, 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 years ago, like when I started, um, Oh, God, probably 06, you know, and I had known him when I was going up and doing stuff in ECW, and I remember talking to him about bringing him and Devon in, and uh, I remember he sa- talking to him on the phone, and he said, Corporal, I really like you, brother, and I said, you do? <laughs> like, I, did, I yeah. didn't think he did, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember a co- the phone conversation, and I was the most shocked about you saying you liked me, because I was like, <laughs> yeah, I like you, and I was like, Oh man, you had me fooled. I thought you hated me. You know, <laughs> like you know what I mean. So, yeah, I well, like, you had me fooled for years, Bob. I really didn't think you liked me. Um, he's a hard guy to read. Yeah, but incredibly knowledgeable and a good guy to have on your side. Definitely. Yeah, you know, he was a, actually at our at from our, a tag team too. Who, right. What better guy to give advice? He, he was at our seminar, so yeah. he played a part in giving us the yeah. nod, the evaluation. The yeah. I, I remember, and I that, that's something too. I remember hearing that, and I remember it was like Bubba. I remember hearing that Bubba really liked you guys, and I was like, "Wow, that says a lot." Because he's pretty hard mm-hmm. on people. He doesn't. He doesn't like a lot of people. <laughs> you know, yeah. he really doesn't. You know. So I, rem- I remember hearing that, and I remember that jumping out at me. I think Dean. It was Dean told me it was like, "Yeah, Bubba really likes them," and I was like, "Wow, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah." And I think he had something to do with you guys getting signed too, probably. Sure. Uh, I hope. You know, I think he pushed. So probably, yeah. 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 So you're you kind of bounced around, kind of on like a holding pattern, still training yeah. at the dojo. When did you know that? Okay, we're here. Like when was it? Like I, you know, I, I'm obviously you got the contracts, you're training, you know, but still there's kind of like we're supposed to start, we don't start. We're hanging out here, we're training, we're learning, but we still haven't really like got off and running. When did you know? Like okay, here we go. 
we Honestly, are we are doing this thing. To tell you the truth, it was uh, our, the very first match we had back during COVID. Yeah. Um, okay. So, like I said, uh, one I forgot where it was when Shane came and told us that we're going to be with him, big part of STP. We were like, cool. Um, so we're with him. COVID hits. Mm-hmm. Literally, I'm on the plane in March when the email comes out, hey, show's been canceled because of COVID. I was sitting on the plane, so I had to get off the plane. I was on the plane at BWI. It was like a legend show. Like Necro was supposed to be on it. Yeah, they were bringing was, back a lot really of people. That was the same yeah. week we had Hollywood and Joplin. Yeah. That was right. everyone's right. last. Everyone in did that. Everyone, yep. everyone ended. Yeah. And I remember you got Ring of Honor was the only holdout. What a crazy week that was. Like when the story's written. <laughs> My like gosh, literally, yeah. like what happened in a five-day period. It felt like months. I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. It started on a Monday for me with a call from the athletic commission, and we had Joppa and Hollywood, Hollywood Friday and yep. Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I remember him saying to me, um, Pat, saying, "Hey, what are your plans for this weekend? Are you prepared to cancel these shows?" And I said, "For what?" <laughs> and he's like, "You know, COVID." And I was like, "That flu thing." Everybody, Dan. You know, everybody I mean? at and first. It was, and, yeah. it was, and I remember it escalating those mm-hmm. five days and it was only 48 hours later by Wednesday and Pat's like Dan these shows aren't happening this weekend I said for what it's just it's a cold like yeah, there was so much not known it at was, time. yeah I remember because you showed me a house that day yeah we were talking yeah, about we were that we're like, it was like a day. Wednesday and we're like I don't and know I was if like, we're gonna and I'm like what show. are you talking about and he's like the governor the governor's gonna shut down I'm like for a cold man <laughs> You know, and it was so surreal. Mm-hmm. And then I remember once we, I guess, made the decision mm-hmm. by like Wednesday or Thursday. And Pat's, Pat's like, the commission's like, Dan, if you you're either going to be shut down whether you make the announcement or mm-hmm. you know the governor makes the announcement. And then I remember that being like Ring of Honor was still going because I was kind of like watching, and I'm like, I remember Ring of Honor was like their shows are still on, and I'm like, Pat, like Ring of Honor's doing TV right, tapings, and right. I remember that kind of being something that I was like. This I, it, it was it was really really hard as I'm sure most people, if they remember back, it was just so hard to process mm-hmm. that yeah. quote unquote a cold at the time that we were thinking yeah that we were thinking we at the time we didn't know yeah. so you didn't make the Vegas show was that but next? you were on the plane so that and then you had to get off yep I got yeah. an email saying uh, show's been canceled if you are traveling to an airport or if you're on a plane get off uh, so I got off and just went back home and then nothing. And nobody was doing anything because yeah, right. of COVID. And then uh, the first one we had was in, like, August of yeah. uh, 2020. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the first bubble. And so at this point, like, they had just shown us doing some run-ins, beating up people with Shane. They just, just kept just re-showing Slowly stuff, right? building us, like, with Shane and building STP. And we're texting at home, like, look, none of the international guys can come. We have to have a match. Yeah, we have to be there. And the first, like, we have to be there. We have to have a match. What that was going to be, we didn't know. Lo and behold, it was... Shane Taylor SOS versus EC3 in the Briscoes. We were like, God damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mean to tell me this our first match back is with four of the baddest dudes in the business? Let's like, go. let's yeah. go. But like, man, like after that match, I think that's when we both were like, yeah, we can do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, that's we, when you we belong here. You yeah. felt yeah. up and running by that time. Yeah, because yeah. we didn't like it. Was never a situation where we felt like we couldn't hang with them. It was never a situation where we feel like, oh, they're just a step ahead. Like. We were with them step for step. Everything we needed to do, we did. Afterwards, everybody was good with it, and we were both like, all right, 
if we can hang with them, we're, we're yeah. hanging with everybody. And to be fair, we didn't even have a match with anybody on the roster prior to that. Correct. Like, we would have some oh. dark matches with people that were in the same towns that we were wrestling at, but we never had a match with somebody with on the, the roster. roster. Outside yeah. of the bouncers. Outside yeah. of the bouncers, yeah. was a dark match like a year Philly. prior to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So then it was that six-man, then the next time it was the Briscoes, then after that was the foundation. We were just getting all these heavy hitters. I'm like, oh, we're here. We're here. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. I, I, have, I have one question. So you said August was when you joined the first bubble, mm-hmm. right? Did Ring of Honor do a best best in the world show in June? No, mm-hmm. I don't think they did. Right? They, they that was that was their first thing, huh? You mean earlier in that year? Yeah, or before you guys got called so in, in February? I think in February we did the uh, free enterprise. Yeah, but, uh, and uh, at uh, UNBC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but we that were, was it, right? Like yeah, that, we were in a dark was, match for that, that too. Because yeah, Ring of Honor just show. did Ring of Honor. Just did like best ofs and they showed reruns. The pure, the pure tournament, and then they did the final battle. They did do the final battle. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I was. And when that was? That was was in the last year, December. Yeah, they did the final battle bubble, I guess. But okay, so they kind of took a couple months and pushed pause. Yeah, for y'all, March to August. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good gosh. Yeah. Better than March to March. Right. Yeah, I'll say, yeah. And it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like you had some pretty nice, uh, I remember watching you versus the Briscoes, and for me, that's when I was like, they they made it. I didn't see the EC3 Briscoes versus SOS and Shane Taylor, but one afternoon I turned on, you know, CW in the Baltimore metro area, and I saw y'all against the Briscoes, and I was thinking, my gosh, they must be having such a good time mm-hmm. to be in there with, you know, legacy MCW players, you know. Yeah. we were some, I remember when High school? <laughs> 15 and, and 18, yeah, I think. Or, crazy. Yeah. They could only work our shows in, what, in Harrington. In when we were in Delaware, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I just. They were underage. They were underage. Yeah. I just. Wow. Yeah. Del- we did a show in Delaware, man. Skinny little kids. Yeah. Their whole yeah. high school came. I remember when yeah. they came out, the place was rocking, like, you know, yeah. It's like, who are these guys, you know? Yeah. Red singlets. Man, yeah. how good are they? Awesome. How good are they? Really good. Yeah. Really good. Like, Their promos, for me, and, and not just because I know them, but, um, man, whenever I see a, a promo, I did it the other day. I stopped. I see the Briscoes, a Briscoe promo, and I stop and watch it. Mm-hmm. For me, if the Briscoe's talking, mm-hmm. like, I just I just think they're so freaking good, man. Yeah. Just yeah. On every level. Yeah, like, if I see a Briscoe promo, I stop and I got to watch it. I yeah. feel like I got to watch they're it. They're really funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, just, they have very good timing. Their timing you know, is yeah, insane. it's like, uh-huh. just, just, yeah, it's, they're good, man. They're really, really good. Yeah. So all of those great opponents leading up to uh, where we are today. Yep. Yeah. Right. ROH Gold. Look, I want to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> so we were actually supposed to work Mexa Squad um, back in when we were in the bubble in, what, December? Yeah, Final Battle. Final Battle. Yep. But uh, due to COVID, that couldn't happen. Um, so that was when we wound up working uh, Joe Keys and uh, Dante. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, at final battle, which was amazing. which is worth for that that pictures from correct, that, yeah. correct, got, yeah, and that was a lot of fun. Um, but we got opportunity in uh, January mm-hmm. and uh, made history. And w- when did that that match that mat that was that on paper that was a final battle? That was a it, was a, it was a YouTube exclusive, yeah. which is which is the best the best coverage you can get. Right. Is YouTube because I might not seek out Ring of Honor. It might yeah. not be in my right. market, but everybody has YouTube. It is all yeah. over the globe, India, global, just yeah. global. And when so, did that get published? When did that match get published? Uh, we did it in December. It was, it was in January. Yeah, 
It was before we went into the bubble, so I would say it was like the first, second week in January. Yeah, it was on, on one of the week by weeks. Yeah, yeah <clears throat> I remember seeing it. It, it felt so symbolic because everything that had happened with RJ. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember seeing it and seeing that picture, and it just it, it captured me because, uh, you know, like you you guys were were for that RJ was pushing for and had gotten close with and been working with. I remember just seeing that picture and it just being real symbolic of like, damn man, like God, RJ would be so proud of this. Cause mm-hmm. like your guys are all getting this breakout moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like all four of you, yep. you know, it's, it's, it's common in times like, you know, you see students and students come through and this guy gets a break in time, but like all of you guys starting to get that, light shined on you at the same time mm-hmm. that's what stood out to me and was like well i reached out to you and was like mm-hmm. hey man i need i need like the high definition i want that picture just mm-hmm. for me it was real symbolic of just like everything with rj just passing and you guys getting it that's why i reached out and was like hey man i need that that photo i want to hang it in the studio like it's just it's for me it was really symbolic yeah. you know it's like it if there was symbolic. a there was an r i'm <laughs> sorry a mcw pro timeline and you had all these images Brian Shane Shamrock Hauser would yeah. be one of them, you know. Yeah, that and that would one. definitely be in the 2020s of our our legacy of what right. we built. Yeah. That would definitely be a bubble that you would be able to see. And at, at this point, RJ's kids, you yeah. know, hit it big, and we're all over the place shortly after his passing. You know, right. so it's it's very symbolic, and I definitely feel that. Mm-hmm. I, I got another one. I don't mean to take over here, but no. what was the? Uh, what, I, I remember that this is the six man tag team championships were one of the last ch- new emerging championships yeah. for Ring of Honor. So my question is: Is there any added pressure? This isn't like you know the tag team championships that have that long lineage. You have a newer a newer belt to the fold of uh, the Ring of Honor echelon. You feel any additional pressure knowing that you know essentially y'all are the babies of the company? You know you you know the, the brand new champions with a brand new lineage of a belt. I think if, it, if I have any pressure, it's internal. Um, I think these belts held by great champions in the past, but we've heard they've had, like, some bad juju on them. People have been getting hurt or something. People have left the company. And I think for us, this is our time to establish these six-man championships here at Ring of Honor. Like, we're going to go on a run like it's never been done before. And so this is our time to really make history and to kind of scrape away the past and mm-hmm. here's the new uh, new present, the future to these belts. So, I'm, yeah, I'm ready for It's a that. great way of looking at it. Now, earlier in the show, you talked about the things that you did to bond together as a tag team. Mm-hmm. Now you're a part, uh, you mm-hmm. know, you're a three-person team. So have you had to do any of those? Do you talk daily? <laughs> you know? Definitely had to set up the group chat. <laughs> yeah, we have a group <laughs> chat with the uh, STP. Yep. Um, and honestly, like, being with Shane is uh, it's, it's, it's amazing because he brings – a different mentality to wrestling, mm-hmm. no matter the situation. So Shane gonna work singles. You know he did tag team when he first came in with Keith Lee, and now the triples. You know we kind of like, well, how are we gonna do it? We we make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, he's open to our ideas. Mm-hmm. He's made it known from the beginning, like Shane Taylor promotion is not dictatorship. Yep. It's a uh, every man is equal, and we all value each other's opinions, and that's something that we both right. have been just uh, blown away by because by no means did he have to. He's the vet in this situation. Right. He could have just been like, y'all hold my curtails. You just do what I tell yeah. you to do. When he, that's not what he did. He was just like, we're going to all be successful. We all have ideas. We bring it to the table. We'll mm-hmm. figure it out from there. And that's just been so amazing. And when it comes to these titles, we pitched something to him about how to bring glory to this title, and he was all for it. Mm-hmm. Again, he didn't have to listen to what we had to say, but he did. 
and that's just truly amazing. That's yeah. great. Great. It's also great that you were partnered up with him, a former ROH TV champion. Yeah. Like he's gone from one gold to another gold, yep. which means that if you do the math, he's probably going to go on to future gold. Mm-hmm. Which means that this is elevating y'all's game in yeah. the whole echelon of Ring of Honor. Yeah, um, you know the the winners, the winners circle, if yeah. you will. Yeah. <laughs> right. SDP version. Shane, he he um he was a, he was him and Keith Lee were teamed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pretty Boy Killers, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were first. from like the Texas Indies. Yeah, we, that way. I think they first came out in Amarillo, Texas, in 2015. They got a tryout uh, for ROH. I remember I was there, and um, we wanted them immediately. Very similar to to y'all, mm-hmm. um, you right. know, y'all story about like immediately with the quickness they wanted Shane Taylor and Keith Lee. I wasn't that immersed in the business, but whatever happened happened. And, and they, they retain. remember the chatter. I remember the chatter, and I remember just like, let's get this done. Let's get them now. Let's make them offers, yeah. you know? So they they saw the eye on the prize with them, similarly to the way that your your story went down. So it's it's amazing. It's great that you're you're with Shane, and y'all are all thriving together. Yeah. yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. Right on. Awesome. Can you talk about Gresham a little bit? Have you guys gotten a lot of a chance to train with him, or... Uh, I think before the pandemic, when he took over as like the head coach of the dojo, we got to work with him a lot. And just even watching his rise in this business and how he's become the foundation, I remember hearing him talk about those ideas over a year ago, mm-hmm. and now to see that finally come to fruition. And he's just so knowledgeable in how he looks at wrestling. He just wants to do things differently, and you can just you just kind of gravitate to that energy, that creative energy of his. Yeah, yeah. he's awesome. I honestly think if you go watch the few matches or what we were doing when we first got to Ring of Honor, if you watch on the Indies or at Ring of Honor, compared to what we do now, we have basically taken an edge to how, what we, how we wrestle, and it's because of him. Yeah. Literally how he would talk about wrestling and how he would talk about, well, you got to think, don't they always think like this? Think like this. Yeah. And when we finally, like, I think he was the one who finally got us to take the box off, like, take, take the lid off the box. And we're just like, just go out there and just do stuff. Do yeah. stuff. Yeah. And you'll know what you don't need to do anymore. Yeah. And I literally, we just started doing stuff. And I think that's literally has like elevated our game so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's the, that's the, I was talking with Joe a few weeks ago. He was talking about that, how he like kind of left here and went and did like CZW, the, the um, Dojo Wars and then Chikara and stuff like that. It's all about layers. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all about you get those layers from your different experiences. You know, what you what you learned here from us, from RJ, Dean, myself, whatever. And then you, you, you know, you got a guy like, you know, Gresham and a guy like Shane. And they all have their different styles and different experiences, but they're all adding layers to you like a cake. Yeah. And you guys are like yeah. a cake and you're building that cake and you get those different layers you know what i mean and that's mm-hmm. at the end of the day that's what makes you so well-rounded yeah. and knowledgeable you know what i mean and you guys are going to continue to get layers but mm-hmm. um you know it's yeah it's gresham a totally different style and totally mm-hmm. different experiences came up than you know from like say joey or rj or or anybody else and um you know that's what it's what rounds you out yeah. you know what i mean i think so um, that being, we got another break we got to take. Well, actually, I think it might be... It's your favorite time, Larry. You were talking about, you know, how from the Indies to your tutelage under Gresham, mm-hmm. you became more layered. We're going to talk more about the foundation of what brought us here today 
I'm talking about Phil Stamper, GM of MCW Pro, with the Indie Roundup. Well, we got to get filled in. <laughs> you like that, right? <laughs> See? Yeah. Yeah. It's clever. It's clever. <laughs> <laughs> See? Hey everyone, good to see you. My name is Phil Stamper. It's time for another independent wrestling roundup. I know it's only been a week, but it feels like it's been so much longer between winter storms, COVID issues, all sorts of fun, great things that have been out there. A lot of events ended up being canceled this past week due to things that are going on right now. So hopefully this coming week will look a lot better. But already, let's start with IWTV.live. Brand new events posted up on their site already this week from H2O Wrestling in New Jersey, First Wrestling in Minnesota, and Violence X Suffering in New Jersey. Then today, a brand new episode from New South's Action Clash. Then tomorrow on Wednesday, Limitless is The Road and Paradigm Pro's No Hook. Now, uh, I, I want to just quick pause on the terminology because some people have asked me about this. Why do I use words like event and episode? Well, some companies have come together and decided, well, we're not going to showcase our full event. We're going to record a whole bunch of footage and we're going to package it like a weekly episodic television program. So an episode, which will be typically like an hour long versus a full event, which is what you're more familiar with when you go to an independent wrestling event where you're seeing like two to three hours of action take place. So when I use an event, that means that you're going to be seeing like a full two to three hour live filmed event versus maybe a packaged one hour episode um, from a company. So that's the difference between an event and an episode of, as I use it. Um, this coming Thursday on IWTV.live, um, Heavy Metal Wrestling's Death Bowl. So if you're a fan of Deathmatch Wrestling, that's a, uh, an event you want to check out. Then on Saturday, ICW No Holds Barred brings two events and more action, a live event from Violence X Suffering. And then on Sunday, No Peace Underground. Then over on Fight TV, you can already check out a brand new episode of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. And this coming Saturday an event from Pro Wrestling Australia. So if you're interested in what's happening in the Down Under, you can go check that out, Pro Wrestling Australia on Fight TV. Other live events coming your way this Thursday, WWA4 in Georgia, out of Illinois, we have Anna Fight Underground, World League Wrestling in Troy, Missouri, Extreme Wrestling Alliance in Rhode Island, and 127 Pro Wrestling in Tennessee. Then on Friday, Pro South Wrestling in Alabama, out of Tennessee, we have Piledriver Pro, Resolute Wrestling, and Southern Wrestling Federation. Then over on Saturday out of Alabama, we have Fearless Championship Wrestling and two events from Victory Championship Wrestling. Then out of Arizona, we have Impact Zone Wrestling. Revolutionary Wrestling Entertainment comes to Arkansas as well as South Central Wrestling and World Class Wrestling Association all out of Arkansas. Uh, down in Florida, two events from ICW's No Hold Bard, um, Anarchy Wrestling out of Georgia, as well out of Georgia, Lariato Pro Wrestling Guild, Southern Wrestling Association, all coming to you this coming Saturday. Um, out of Idaho, Support All Pro Wrestling, Zawa in Illinois, uh, Wrestling Theology Fellowship in Indiana, Colossal Championship Wrestling in New Jersey, Monster Factory returns to action in New Jersey this coming Saturday, All-Star Wrestling of the Carolinas in North Carolina, Wrestling Against Hunger in Oklahoma, out of Tennessee, Imperial Pro Wrestling, OIWA, and Tennessee Wrestling Association. Um, this coming Saturday in Texas, Metroplex Wrestling, New Texas Pro Wrestling, and Texas League Wrestling. Out of Wisconsin, Frontline Pro and Great Lakes Championship Wrestling and ICW. Um, this coming Sunday, we have the company is called Independent Promotions. Featured in Arizona, uh, also on Sunday, Asylum Wrestling Revolution in Indiana, Georgia Independent Wrestling 
out of Georgia, uh, Title Match Network in North Carolina, and out of Tennessee, No Limit Pro and School of Morton, which will also be streaming on their own Facebook page at 5.05 p.m. this coming Sunday. Out of the United Kingdom, Insane Championship Wrestling, and out of West Virginia, Premier Wrestling League Mid-Atlantic. A lot of action coming, and as I was putting together the calendar this week, I was really realizing, wow, more and more events are popping up. Um, that seems to match up with a lot of places that have been lowering their public event restrictions, allowing for things, again, like uh, further physical distancing and masks inside venues. Um, a couple of states have further backed up on even some of their public event restrictions. So Florida and Iowa, for example, have really reeled back a lot of their public event restrictions. So more and more events are coming your way. I'll be so happy to bring you more of the calendar as it comes up. Hopefully we'll be, we'll be talking about more things coming, you know, near us. I, I'm really hopeful that, you know, maybe things will come together in our area. So we'll have to see about that. My name is Phil Stamper. It's been great to be with you here this week. And I'll see you all again very, very soon. Well, there we have it from GM Phil Stamper filling us in. Um, I love I love that segment. I know, it's your favorite part. And I just I just want to shout out something. Uh, Phil mentions uh, week in and week out, week in and week out on the cast about uh, the WWA four. Uh, they have a live show every Thursday out of Atlanta. Uh, head trainer AR Fox, who uh, also trained under Mr. Hughes. You mentioned WWA four school earlier. Um, the shows are are very they're very entertaining. I of course obviously I know AR Fox, his wife Ayla. Uh, so I want to support them, but they, they, uh, they, they're just really entertaining. So I encourage any fans that are looking for their indie fix on a Thursday night, that's not a typical wrestling night for all of the shows, jump on Instagram and follow the WWA4 school. Don't even follow them. You don't have to follow them. Just uh, watch their and shows. he does it on their Instagram. He does it on their Instagram. And Dan, you know, here's the thing. They are more or less student shows because WWA4 is a school, and this is a way that I... I Imagine his students can really be fulfilled uh, the, the different, at different times when different students are wrestling. There are more people watching, showing their support. So uh, he actually has had two graduation matches with uh, two of his students that one of them started training in October of 2020, just had their graduation match last Thursday. And then an, another one, the first week that I tuned in, was having his graduation match. So it's really entertaining. Um, you get to see maybe some future stars that uh, were, you know, making the right decision, like... Uh, you know, Moses and Kwan or Khan here and doing the ROH uh, seminar. Um, so, yeah, definitely highly encourage that. And then another thing I wanted to talk about, and I don't want to spend too much time on this. You, everyone knows April is looming and April is a uh, mania season. Well, it turns out that a lot of the uh, independent wrestling organizations have gotten together. Um, and with two of the main streaming services that we hear from Phil a lot, Fight TV mm -hmm. and IWTV. Well, it's going to feel just like the Monday Night Wars uh, this this Mania season down in, in Tampa because you have uh, the Fight TV collective mm -hmm. uh, of, of shows that will be running all different slots Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, some even Sunday. And then you have the IWTV collective of indie, indie shows mm -hmm. uh, that will be running opposite. So it's a great time for wrestling, but it is always one of those things where you're really splitting the audience – you know, and, and splitting probably a limited audience because how many fans? Well, it's that, going to be nice to see fans back in the stands at WrestleMania, right. but very limited, I guess. And how many fans are going to travel? It's not. It's not going to be like WrestleMania's past, where a couple hundred thousand wrestling fans are jammed in a city. I'm assuming. Yeah. Well, that's the got. other thing. It's got to be safe. So it's going right? to be. It's going to be very competitive. Fans are going to be split, limited. Uh, but, but you know, it's just. 
it's it almost seems like there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but we just want to make sure that we have all of our bases covered, uh, hopefully coming out of this, um, right. if we are getting close to coming out of it. So, yeah, I just wanted to uh, shout those two things out. And um, real quick, just to go off the cuff, I, I'm sure you you fellas both have your eye on what's going on out there. Are there any, any teams that are up and coming uh, that you would love to get your, your teeth sunk into and, and work that are, you know, doing their thing on the indies? Sorry to put you on the spot there, but we are we are we have an indie skew with the MCW cast, so I'm just curious. While they're thinking about that, I want to throw that out to our fans too to use that Ask MCW cast because we know lots of you are paying attention to what's going on on the indies. So maybe you've got a question, maybe you've got somebody out there that you've been watching, and let us know, or you know, so we can talk about that too. Yeah, so I bought you some time. There you go. <laughs> uh, we welcome any and all competition. Yeah, good answer. And we will travel for competition. Best believe. Now, there is a team that I wished we could have worked before they decided to go their own ways, Gymnasty Boys. Oh, my gosh. That would have been a match. Um, I truly believe that would have been a great match. White Mike and, and Timmy Lou Retton. Listen. Who, who is that? Uh, oh, Dan. I mean, I've heard that name, but I didn't follow. Were there, are they, did they get signed somewhere? Well, White Mike uh, wanted his wife. They have a child family, you know, mm-hmm. traveling and humping these roads and selling shirts and all of that family first, so, so they just kind of they kind of split. Yeah, and Timmy Luzo on his own right now. But that is that's interesting to hear, and I would love to see that contest actually. Yeah. Uh, the gymnasties versus the SOS. They were on the Indies, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing you guys tangle with a private party, honestly, just for the size. You know, the look yeah. of that fight with, you know, you know, big brolic, big guys, you know, kind of slim, you know, yeah. high flyers. Yeah. I, you know, I know it probably can't come to be, but you never know in this day and age. You, you turn true. on TV and these guys are over on that show and these guys are over on that show, so who knows? Hopefully. Yeah. 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 One day it'll happen. Right on. Well, we'll be looking forward to that day. And on behalf of everyone here at, at the MCW cast, we really want to thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thank, um, you. thank you so much. Honoring us with the with the gold, you know, bringing us uh, the Ring of Honor six-man tag team champions. That's a... Uh, that's a feather in our cap for a, a, a brand new cast to have you on here to talk. Appreciate it. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, Thank you. you. Thanks for uh, all you guys have done. And because uh, it goes both ways, you know, just not us getting opportunities for you. But, um, you know, one of the things for me is a, a like trainer, mentor, promoter. Um, the most I get out of things and what, what means the world to me is when you guys, guys and girls leave um, and never forget where they came from and you guys haven't and for me I, I appreciate that that you guys you know you're two guys that uh you, you you don't forget and I appreciate that it means the world to me and Dennis and mm-hmm. you know everybody from the promotion and the school that you guys remember where your roots are yes sir mm-hmm. so all right thanks, thanks. thanks. yeah thank, thank you, you so thanks. much appreciate thank it. You. yeah all right we'll all right. be right back then all right so we are back, and that was a word from the Concussion Legacy Foundation. Now, uh, if you are not familiar with the Concussion Legacy Foundation, this was formed back in 2007 by former WWE star Christopher Nowinski, if you remember him. Um, Harvard he, grad. Yeah, exactly. For legit Harvard legit, grad. Yeah, exactly. legit, yeah. He is Christopher Nowinski, PhD, in mm-hmm. fact. And um, his career was cut short um, due to concussions. And in his own recovery path, 
he uh, met uh, Dr. Canton, I believe is his name, or Cantu, Dr. Cantu. And um, he started learning about the chronic traumatic encephalopathy, you know, the, that CTE that we hear about associated with concussions. And so through his own healing, he realized the need to further investigate and explore this because concussions are happening all over. We kind of, you mentioned it earlier in the show, Dan, about like contact sports like MMA and um, football and things like that, but also, of course, professional wrestling. There are 38 million concussions a year taking place, and only about one in six of them are diagnosed. And we're really starting to see the long-lasting effects of concussions. And the crazy thing is, is that you can't study them while you're still alive which, mm. you know, but you know what? There's been so many developments because of this foundation and because of the work they've been doing for, what, the last 13, 14 years that they're starting, they think, in the next couple of years, they will have a way to see concussion damage while you're still alive. <laughs> so that's very, um, that's something to look forward to. Um, but the uh, Concussion Legacy Foundation, they, they need donors. They need um to do this research, they need people to mm. pledge their brains. And the reason why we wanted to show this this month is because February is Brain Pledge Month. And um, so if you are interested in helping out this research, they need donors. And again, this is not while you're living, this is after the fact, but they need donors, not just ones who have suffered concussions, but they need donors who have not because they use them to compare and they particularly need female brains. So I just want to throw that out there, that I have been a card-carrying brain donor um, registrar for the last three years, and I was inspired to do so by a former WWE star. You know who that is? <laughs> uh, I do not. Okay. All right. See, that's the thing. This is It's out there, and it's been out there for a number of years, but a lot of people just don't know. So that man I'm talking about is Mark Henry. So Mark Henry pledged his brain, and he said, I hope that something good can come out of y'all having my brain. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So WWE I, Hall of Famer. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, you know, this thing that kind of came about by happenstance, you know, just in Christopher Nowinski's own recovery, has spread, and we have lots and lots of people who have pledged their brain, and Mark Henry is one of them. I am also one of them. Um, and so, you know, if you want to join with us, uh, we have a a link that we can show you up there, theconcussionfoundation.org, and um, you can pledge your brain as well if you're interested. But we can talk for a little bit about concussions and the nature of this business. I know, Dan, you talked about breaking your ribs earlier. <clears throat> well, I've had five concussions. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and uh, the last one I had, um, the last one I had in the early 2000s was kind of what me started making me reevaluate um you know me making the decision to kind of stop wrestling um because i i think what happened you know in, in like most high contact sports like football and stuff like that once you reach a certain age too you realize if you're not getting signed by the nfl if you're not getting signed by the wwe um, that your time is limited and for me that was before all the information on concussions came out so I remember the last one that I had, um, I, I had uh, post-concussion syndrome mm -hmm. for probably like six months where I had um, headaches. I had, um, I had actually like black spots that I would see. I remember them 
Um, they were very visual, and and and, and the doctors that I went to see multiple doctors at the time, and they all basically told me that it was in my head, like no pun intended, but like yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, that's in right. your head. Well, yeah, I know, um, but that you, I realized that that uh, information wasn't there, and I remember thinking back then, like, man, there's something more to these concussions mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. That uh, then then they realize. So you know, fast forward probably five or six years. This may have been like two thousand, two thousand one, um, and all. And I remember the movie with Will Smith mm-hmm. came out. Um, and, and I and that's when I was. And you started hearing about the NFL, and then you start hearing about the NFL covering it up, mm-hmm. which is all kind of things they covered in the movie. And uh, that's where I was like, man, I knew, I knew there was more to this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely think it's really close to me. Probably something I should consider doing mm-hmm. um, for after I pass, because I'm sure I'm sure um, there's issues that I'm gonna have to deal with as yeah. I as I advance in life. Um, and and hopefully, I know there's a lot of treatments. There's like oxygen oxygen treatments right, and things like right. that that they've been what that you can do. I think Daniel Bryan was doing mm-hmm. some of that stuff. So. Yeah, it's definitely something close and um, something I I overemphasize to the younger guys in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wish I wish all this information was out when I was doing it in the '90s because I just remember, you know, I remember it being like a common thing in the locker room if you were doing had had chairs involved in a match mm-hmm. and it was like suck it up and take it. You know, right. don't be a wuss. Right. You know, don't yeah. put your hands up. Just take it. Let the guy crack you in the head with a chair. Now when I I think back and like, what the hell were we thinking? You know, mm-hmm. um, the way we used to do things, yep. you know, in the wrestling business that was um, really careless yeah, in a lot right. of ways. But we just didn't know it wasn't out there. Even the doctors didn't have this information. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting to see how how um, how things have have advanced the mm-hmm. way that they have. Yeah. And you know, if you um, are suffering from a concussion or if you know someone who is and you're you're struggling to find these resources and find this information out, if you go to their website, they actually have a hotline that you can call 24-7, they, not to diagnose you or anything, but just to give you those resources. Um, you know, to say, you might be at a doctor who it doesn't specialize in concussions or anything, and they've got the resources that they've been pooling together um, and you can tap into that, and they're available 24-7 to chat or email with you. So I think that just getting that publicity out there and letting people know, um, you know, a lot of people didn't realize the long-lasting effects of concussions, and even worse, the impact of repeated concussions. Um, I know I've had, I've had six myself. Um, I started God. in high school. I got my first concussion as a cheerleader. I got dropped on the floor. I was up on a pyramid, mm-hmm. fell backwards, got my first concussion then. Got a couple here, got, uh, well, one here. <laughs> the rest were all outside of wrestling. I got one um, here, not wrestling related. It was the night that uh, RJ went through the stage, actually, if you remember that one, with Sean Studd. I was under the stage earlier, and I can't, sat up, banged my head, uh, thought I was okay, don't remember anything for about 45 minutes, got checked out, was told by, uh, you know, whoever was on site that I did likely have a concussion, didn't think anything of it. Next day, went to the gym, start throwing up, got a blinding headache. I kid you not, I was in a fog for a month straight. I couldn't look at the computer screen anymore. And that was like my aha moment too. Right. I was like, oh crap, you know, like I've had a couple of these, you yeah. know, from just being involved in sports and doing other things. And I was like, 
this is starting to take effect and that's uh, you know what that is what my catalyst was for trying to find out more information as well and trying to educate people and trying to you know if, if somebody if some good can come from whatever garbled mess is left in there then you know more power to them um, but it's also something we talk about with all the students that walk through the door we go through concussion training protocol how to screen for it um, all of our students have to be aware and sign a paper saying that they will report any suspected concussions right away so for having been around for 20 plus years I can see how it's something now we talk about whereas like you were Absolutely. saying you just didn't talk about it like you just sucked it up took your chair shot and you know hoped yeah. you could make it home and everything so yeah. you know that's that's one of the perils of this business and I am happy that we are moving in a public facing uh, direction so that more people don't have to suffer like that yeah and it's um <clears throat> I think like you're saying too after you get multiple is you know after several is probably where you mm -hmm. start have to have those like you said where you you know it bothered you for like a month yeah. and that's where you kind of know and, and and for me that's even then this was 2000 2001 the information wasn't there but i i started pulling myself out of the ring i started reducing the matches mm -hmm. just because i knew it's like i knew my gut was telling me right. like something's not right like yeah. this is these doctors aren't they don't know something or they're something's not right mm -hmm. yeah know? so um yeah but it's good that that information's there now and um going forward hopefully we can you know yeah and you know no two cushions two concussions are the same right. so like i was saying i had a, you know i've had a few they at least three of them were undiagnosed you know it was the the doctor said yeah you probably have a concussion mm -hmm. they were mild no symptoms no big deal right but then you go and you get that next big one and all of a sudden oh wow you know yeah. what's this doing so yeah so i highly encourage any of our listeners you know if you want to be part of a part of the solution there um check out the concussion foundation and thank you to christopher nowinski for uh, putting that out there. He'd be a great guest for the he, show. I'd love to get him. That's what we had talked yeah. about. Um, but I wanted to get that out there because it is Brain Pledge Month. So, you know, you still got a week or so left in February to, to take advantage of that. Well, thank you for that, Tara. What was his name again? No, it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm like, what? I didn't answer you. I know, I thought it was like, you just yeah, said yeah, it, yeah. you know? I did. You got us, Dan. I did I didn't answer. I knew you were going to set me up for Well, it's all in good fun. Thank you for that information. You definitely <laughs> educated me. I didn't even know that February was, was uh, Brain Pledge Month, and now I there do. Uh, I think at this point, uh, episode six, we might as well take it on home. Yep, That's time right. to go well, home. And Larry, I'd like to make a special request on behalf of one of our, uh, oh, we're not there yet though, but uh, <laughs> before we take it home, uh, are there any other topics any of you wanted to hit on before we say goodbye to our fans this week? I, uh, not really. I mean, I, okay. I saw some interesting things. Um, just want to shout out Apollo Crews, made the big heel turn. He is now officially a bad guy. I mm -hmm. uh, came up with Apollo when he was Uha Nation. Um, just been watching his career thrive and flourish, and I'm really looking forward to whatever the future holds for him in the WWE, possibly facing Big E for the championship. And I just uh, wanted to shout that out. Uh, last Friday SmackDown edition, I was uh, just it's like taking me back to being a kid again, seeing one of my friends really thrive and do something good. Awesome. So way to go, Apollo! Great. All right, now, uh, Larry, on behalf of one of our most loyal fans. Dan Garrett, I would like you to take us out in a special way that only you can do. Okay, what, how? Oh, 
before we end the MCW cast officially, it is my duty here in this lovely studio, before we go any further, to point out our designated fire exits. With that said, there's one door in and one door out in the event of a fire. We all need to walk, do not run, to the one and only fire exit. All right, we'll see you next week.